Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I'm pleased to inform you the American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime. And you're listening to News in Focus. And uh, welcome. This is a new year. We're going to have some exciting programs. And of course, 2020 has uh, started already with uh, quite a bit of excitement in the Middle East uh, with this last week uh, as U.S. forces took out a top uh, commander in the Iranian forces who was a known terrorist and a man that was uh, wreaking havoc all over the Middle East, working with Iran's proxies, uh, both in Hezbollah in uh, Lebanon in Iraq, in Iran, in Syria, and all over the region. And uh, this man actually is responsible uh, for the IEDs during the Iraq war, that many U.S. Uh, Army personnel were killed and wounded by these IEDs, these sophisticated weapons. And this man helped to orchestrate that through Shia militias that were working against U.S. For, uh, forces in the region during uh, the Iraq war. And, of course, thereafter, uh, when we were trying to settle things uh, in Iraq, and uh, they were creating lots of havoc. And, again, many, many wounded. Wounded uh, U.S. personnel and over 600 killed by those IEDs. My son served in Iraq during those years. Uh, some of his own friends uh, uh, suffered the fate uh, because of these IEDs. And uh, again, they were talking about how they were captured Iranian agents inside the borders of Iraq. This man, Soleimani, uh, was supposedly the commanding general there from Iran, uh, but actually, uh, you know, an agent of terror, quite honestly, throughout the region. And so taking him out. Uh, quite honestly, the question is, why wasn't it done sooner? Why wasn't it done during the Bush administration? Why wasn't it done during the Obama administration? And so as things began to escalate and the attack on the U.S. Embassy, but actually over the last few months, there's been peaceful protests in Baghdad because of this against the central government, because of um, Shia-led interest of the central government, uh, leanings towards Iran, favoring Iran, and uh, 1,500 peaceful protesters were killed. Many believe that these Iranian Shia militias were responsible for the killing of these protesters as well. So this man actually had a lot of blood on his hands, and uh, quite honestly, to hear leftists in this country, uh, you know, basically bemoan the passing of this man is is really an insult to so many. But uh, quite honestly, uh, the president. President did not wanting to escalate things last night. Of course, as you've seen in the media, there was a rocket attack from Iran on bases in Iraq. And as he ju you just heard, the president will hear the full, complete message that uh, President Trump gave this morning uh, from the White House in the second part of our program. But as over the years, we've talked about the Iraq interest and the Iraqi people, which is made up of uh, co comprises of several different groups who reside in the borders of Iraq. Obviously. 
obviously a Chaldean Christian community, uh, Sunni Muslims, Shiite Muslims, Yazidis, other uh, minor, uh, religious minorities. Uh, and these people also are part of Iraq's history. They're part of Iraq's future, hopefully. Uh, but with me on the phone is our good friend Nathan Colasso for the Chaldean Christian Community of Greater Detroit. He runs a specialized school uh, for refugees who come to this country and are uh, people that are uh, uh, immigrate to the country. And uh, many of these kids actually have lost time because of they've been in refugee camps or displaced in other places around the world, and they come uh, through an immigration process into the states. And he helps in a very specialized school in Greater Detroit. Nathan, uh, welcome to the program. Chris, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It's been a while. It has. It's been too long, my friend, and uh, I hope that uh, all is well with your family and uh, and uh, your extended family as well. Thank you so much. Well, Nathan, uh, you know, obviously there's so much to take in here, and of course, I, I obviously when this when this um, uh, action by U.S. forces uh, taking out this uh, commander of Iran. I was a little nervous, I have to admit. Uh, I didn't want to see reprisals. I don't want to see an escalation of things. We don't want to reser- uh, return to those kind of open conflict in Iraq. We'd like things to move forward. What are your thoughts? I think you sent me a text, right, uh, a few days ago, pretty much um, get, getting my thoughts on it. And I, I think that, for the most part, everyone was pretty much in the same boat, Um where, you know, I don't know if anyone was necessarily upset um, that this person is now gone. I think it has to do with, you know, tactically with us still having a strong interest in the region. Um, what are the ramifications? What could we expect um, after the fact? And I think that's what uh, George W., uh, that, that's the reason why he held back, you know, at the time we were um, – we were in the region. We were suffering uh, several uh, 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 defeats in terms of, you know, the loss of U.S. troops um, and influence. And then same reason why uh, President Obama sort of held back, which is, um, you know, at the time there was a, a status forces agreement. The United States was going to be leaving. Are we putting troops in harm's way? Um, then that sort of culminated uh, during ISIS when we were we actually had to um you know, indirectly ally with some of these with groups in order to take on ISIS. So it's, you know, time is a circle in the Middle East, right? You know, the one first, one group that's, that's your enemy uh, may become an ally for, for the time and, and vice versa. Um, but for the most part, across the, the Middle East, um, this, this, is per, this is someone who did wreak havoc um, with unconventional uh, warfare um, and Several uh, groups from Iraq to Syria uh, to Lebanon um, are um, are uh, satisfied with with what's taken place. Now it's it's about you know moving forward. What can we expect? You know, of course, yes. Last night was was a pretty scary scene, um, but I, I we believe that Iran was was being tactical there as well, and um, you know having no casualties on the U.S. and, and Iraqi side was a uh, was a relief. Well, absolutely, and we're all thankful for that. And we we would like to see a de-escalation of things uh, in the region, and certainly with Iran, we hope that the the mullahs and the ayatollah uh, does not ramp up rhetoric that would create uh, problems. I'm not sure that they will. Quite honestly, they're dealing with uh, a different president right now, and one in which he is pretty emphatic about 
what his views are on foreign policy. I don't believe he's going to send boots on the ground like previous administrations, but I do think he's ready to uh, do what's in America's best interest. So if that means, um, uh, you know, scaling down and back away from this uh, immediate uh, situation, which was a flash, it seems like possible crisis, I think he'll take that option as well. And so um, I think that's the tone of his message this morning. Uh, was along that, and quite honestly, it was unprecedented. I, you know, I've been watching this since 1979, Nathan. I mean, you know, when I was uh, just out of high school, and then of course the sacking of the uh, embassy in uh, Tehran and um, in Iran, and you know, and the taking of the embassy, and then of course the hostages and all that uh, unfolded there. So we've been dealing with this for a long time, and then during the Reagan years with the bombing of the. Um, uh, military compound in Lebanon, and those were Iranian-backed interests. And so we've, you know, people say, well, we're now an act of war, you know, or a war exists between us and Iran. It's actually been going on for four decades, unfortunately, uh, since uh, the mullahs took control of uh, this Middle East nation. But that said, uh, I want to focus more on Iraq, and because what the West wasn't looking at and what we should uh, tell our listeners is that the peaceful protests that were taking place by people uh, against the central government uh, led by who is the uh, uh, prime minister there currently? Abdel Mahdi. And uh, how long has he been there? Uh, he's been there very recent, uh, less than two years. And he, as of right now, he's only serving in a caretaker role. You know, he resigned until a uh, new election. Um, so these these protests have they call it the October Revolution. It started in October, and it started um, organically. It's been being led by the youth across Iraq, and it was. It's, they've mainly been anti-corruption protests. You know, as we hear more and more um, news um, matriculate on the amount of money that has been uh, hoarded by special interest groups in Iraq over the years. Um, you know, the people are, have just been getting fed up, and so I think. You know, when you think that the biggest reason why I was sort of if I were to go back and I, I would still say I would would have cautioned against um, the uh, um, the killing of Soleimani was because the country was coming together organically to sort of protest the Iranian influence. And I don't want to give you know, I didn't I, I thought that this killing may give new life, if you will, to some of the uh, Iranian influence. Uh, groups um, and some of the people who started to realize um, how much they've been taken advantage of. Um, but these protests have, have they're, they're ongoing. Um, you know, they're if you follow the right people on Twitter, uh, they are uh, publishing several videos of these protests. Um, and then you'll also see the crackdown from the government and from some of these militias on these protesters. And so if there's one thing that we could do, it's to give these protesters um, their rightful uh, due. And that's to make sure that they know that there is a um, a capable group on their side and that's willing to spread their message. And hopefully we'll start supporting them um, in a greater capacity. Well, that's our hope and our prayer for the people of uh, Iraq to be self-governing. And, of course, it is... A variety of interests uh, from the basically um, the Chaldean com- community and um, obviously from Sunnis and Kurds and Shia. Uh, you know, if if the uh, Iraqi people can 
find a way forward to be, uh, you know, self-governed, uh, where there's representation even among the minorities. And again, this resolution on Sunday, most of them, the Kurds and the uh, Chaldean communities uh, and the Sunnis stayed out of it. Uh, that was pretty much Shia-led resolution. Is that right? Is that what we're hearing? Yeah, they they were able to to hold a quorum just because they they already hold the majority. But uh, the Sunni blocs and the Kurdish blocs um, did not participate in the vote. Um, and so, you know, but that's what we're dealing with here. We're we're dealing with a majority, um, you know, Shia country um, that is trying to rid that you know, the, the influence from their neighbor. And um, a lot of it has started to come to the surface, you know, and, and that's what we're seeing now with, with these young folks who, who are leading. I guess we'll know a little bit more as, as time goes. You know, Iraq did come out with a statement today um, condemning uh, the Iranian attack, you know, um, pretty much saying the same thing that they said uh, last week, which was, you know, this is a violation of our sovereignty here. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I think it's important that, uh, you know, for the U.S., we, we've been there for so long. We've invested so much. We've lost lives. Um, we don't want to do that in vain, and so we want to make sure that we are, um, of course, holding ourselves accountable for any actions that we're doing. But at the same time, we want to make sure that the, that the Iraqis know that we are, are fully supporting this, you know, mini revolution that could come um, to the surface as something much greater. Well, Nathan, thank you. I know that you only had a few minutes to join us today. We so appreciate that. And I want to say and point out, uh, when we've had you on the uh, program in the past, when we were talking about ISIS, which thankfully is not a, a problem in northern Iraq any longer or even uh, wreaking havoc in the Middle East, but you talked about the concern of those who were fighting the Sunni-led uh, group, uh, ISIS, was the Sh- Shia militias. And you said that that may be a problem in the future, and that was prophetic, uh, as you indicated. So we appreciate your expert analysis on this. And, and again, we pray for the people of Iraq. Thank you, Chris. I didn't know that your son served. I want to thank him for his service. And, um, you know, I've known, I've known him for five and a half years now. I didn't, that's something I didn't, I didn't know. So, you know, God bless him. God bless the family. And uh, hopefully we don't wait as long to get back on the air. Well, that's right. And he, I can tell you that he still con- is concerned for the people of Iraq and, and prays for them as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. Again, that's Nathan Colasho, and he is from uh, Greater Detroit, from the Chaldean Christian community up there, and runs a very specialized school for kids who are being immigrants into the country who have been uh, either refugees or actually displaced persons, and uh, what a great work that he does. With us also on the phone now is Joe Kassab, and he is the president of Iraqi Christian Advocacy Organization, a group that's been around for a long time, and uh, Joe has done some great work in uh, advocacy for the uh, Chaldean community, and of course uh, for uh, the people in Iraq, and uh, has been a great representative for them. Joe, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me. Well, Joe, you know, as we look at this, uh, the president, I was really, uh, uh, really glad to hear his message this morning from the White House. Uh, I thought uh, it was a, you know, it was a, it was the proper tone. It was talking about strength, but at the same time, it was a reaching out to uh, the Iranians to see if any of them wanted to come to the table uh, to have a reasonable discussion of a way forward. Um, I was, you know, I think uh, what he stated, you know, immediately was thankfully there was no casualties last night in the missile attack, and I I think um, they wanted to save face. Quite honestly, they didn't. They would rather there not be collateral damage with this uh, rocket uh, 
attack last night because I think they realized that that could have been uh, some very severe consequences if that had happened. Your thoughts? Well, um, this is very true. I mean, the president they already extended his hand to for peace with with Iran, and that is what they they like to do. Otherwise, he mentioned that they might get hurt if they do, if they continue their attack on uh, on uh, American troops and and other people on the on the, on the site itself. But I want I want what I want to say is that uh, among all of this, there is one community which is in big jeopardy now, and that is the uh, minorities, especially the Christians, like the Chaldeans, the Syrians, and the Syriac people. And a good a good indication to that is yesterday when when Iran uh, sort of sent its missiles to to northern Iraq to reveal, actually went to one of the major Christian cities. In, uh, in 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 northern Iraq, and that's called it's called Ankara. The people there they were warned, of course, by, uh, by like about uh, maybe two years, two hours before the attack. But they it was a, like a habit based on what I was told. And the people uh, they're running away, and the women screaming, the children crying, and they just didn't know what to do. We don't want things like like this to happen. That's why I think Iran should should put uh, you know hold responsible for what they are doing against the uh, country of Iraq. And then another thing is that we believe that all this terror and and, and violence taking place in Iraq due to Iran intervention, it is all fueled by the money was given to them not too long ago about, you know, uh, three, four years ago by President Obama. They were given $170 billion in cash. I think they are using all this money to fuel the terror and the violence in Iraq. And that is something that really is going to hurt the people more than, you know, uh, benefit them for sure, especially in Iraq. These are the kind of things that we need to avoid in the future, not to give money to countries like they are known for being, uh, 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 you know, a terror-based uh, terror uh, countries. It is important. We should think about it. And I know it's politics, but that's, that's, that's supposed to be stopped. Another thing is there, is, there is and there was since 2008, what we call strategic frame agreement, framework agreement between Iraq and the United States. And the United States was given the the power to 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 protect Iraq and its sovereignty from uh, outside you know uh, uh, you know uh, powers that is something that justified what the United States did and managed to to get and the president himself managed to get rid of the one of the major uh, and lead uh, terrorist in in from Iran he was considered a second man in Iran. And they, everybody looked at him as being uh, a terrorist and a killer. And he is the one who fueled all this terror against those protesters and, and uh, you know, uh, um, those, those, those youth that are looking for freedom in their country. And they want to reform the, 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 the political image in their country, too. Well, that's right. And you you had been posting up uh, since October about the peaceful protests against the central government, uh, you know, as uh, young people were protesting. But uh, there was the Shia-led militias that actually uh, perpetrated violence against these uh, these peaceful protests of these students and younger people. I know that you were encouraging them. 
but there was 1,500 of them that perished. Um, you know, yeah. this was a very serious situation. It is definitely a very serious situation. All these uh, uh, Shiite militias, not every Shia, but only the Shiite militias, were very well trained and, and supported by the government of Iran. Actually, they were trained in Iran, and they were all supported to do what they have done uh, to the uh, demonstrators or to the protesters. And, and in, they were killing them everywhere, and, and, and this is something that it is to the dissatisfaction of the people of Iraq. Other thing is, a lot of people, uh, they left Iraq because of that, because of this havoc and violence that's taking place. And that is another thing that we don't want to happen. But just to start to happen, and people, they are just left their, their cities, their, 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 their towns, and going everywhere just to, to stay away from, 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 from violence and, and trouble. And that is something also that uh, we do not support uh, at all. Uh, so we need to see the country coming back to peace, and uh, but the, the, the youth themselves, who are now at the uh, Liberation Square in central, in central Baghdad, calling for changing the government. What they are saying, and I like what they are saying, actually, and they want to bring this, what they are saying, to the White House, and that is they're saying the parliament in Iraq, the current parliament in Iraq, do not represent us do not represent the people of Iraq. Therefore, whatever you know, decisions they take, they should not be considered or should, they should not be abided by. This is something that new to, to these guys. They start to get involved. They don't want to see the parliament taking actions because the majority of the parliaments are under the influence of Iran and it is, you know, clan. Well, let's talk that about that. Yeah, let's that talk happen. about that for a minute because it is, um, yeah. because of the Shia interest, so Shia is, uh, Iran is Shia Muslim. The Sunni Muslims are obviously further uh, in Syria and uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, the other portion of Iraq. And so the parliament is made up of representatives from the Kurds, the Sunnis, the Shia community, the Chaldean community. Um, This is the representation of parliament. But this resolution on Sunday... Uh, basically, the others walked out, but the Shia majority, they're the ones who voted for this, for the leaving of uh, uh, the U.S. forces. Uh, how do you think that's going to play out? We have about two minutes. Well, first of all, the, the, these uh, Shia, this kind of Shia people, not everybody is like, not every Shia is like that. They want to stay in power, and they want to uh, kind of milk all the revenues of Iraq. As long as, the more they stay, the more they milk it. And that is the reason they are protecting it, and they want to stay in, in power. That's number one. Number two, um, they make the majority of the, of the parliament. Therefore, they can make things happen in the parliament. They kind of sway to their ways, in other words. And, and in the, reason, the way they are doing it, it is with the support of Iran and Iran militia. And anybody vote against it, he gets, you know, uh, you know, hurt because of that or get attacked by the militias and so forth. Therefore, therefore, uh, the more these people, uh, the demonstrators stay where they are and the protesters call for the ones they want to call for, I think they're going to achieve what we want to achieve here. And that is getting rid of the bad parliament and bringing a new parliament, which is completely dissociated from Iran. That is what we're praying for. Joe, thank you so much for coming on today. We're praying for the people of Iraq, and we'll have you back on the program real soon. God bless you, you, my friend. 
Thank you. Thank you, you, sir. Bye-bye. Again, that's Joe Kassab of the Iraqi Christian Advocacy Organization. And we'll be right back on the other side from the full uh, presentation of President Trump this morning. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Hi, this is David Barton of Wall Builders. On Veterans Day, November 11, we salute all of our brave Ohio veterans and active duty military. Since 1776, our veterans have fought to keep America free and to liberate millions around the world from oppression, and they still do that today. But today, we see many Americans who refuse to honor our flag, who disrespect our founders, and they even want to remove Christian crosses from military cemeteries. To keep America free, We need to elect political leaders who share our patriotic values. To do that, veterans and their families and people of faith must be registered to vote. It's our duty to protect our God-given freedoms that our veterans bravely fought for. It's easy. Just go to MyOhioVote.com to register to vote. That's MyOhioVote.com. God bless you and God bless America. Paid for by the One Nation Under God Foundation, a tax-exempt committee. Please visit our website at www.oneundergod.us. Okay, and we're back. We're going to hear the full speech that President Trump gave yesterday at the White House uh, concerning the Iranian attack, uh, the rocket attack on military bases. Uh, Thankfully, there was no one that was injured. And then, of course... His explanation of the situation in the Middle East with Iran and Iraq. Here's President Trump. As long as I'm president of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I'm pleased to inform you the American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost because of the precautions taken, the dispersal of forces, and an early warning system that worked very well. I salute the incredible skill and courage of America's men and women in uniform. For far too long, 
all the way back to 1979, to be exact. Nations have tolerated Iran's destructive and destabilizing behavior in the Middle East and beyond. Those days are over. Iran has been the leading sponsor of terrorism and their pursuit of nuclear weapons threatens the civilized world. We will never let that happen. Last week, we took decisive action to stop a ruthless terrorist from threatening American lives. At my direction, the United States military eliminated the world's top terrorist, Qasem Soleimani. As the head of the Quds Force, Soleimani was personally responsible for some of the absolutely worst atrocities. He trained terrorist armies, including Hezbollah, launching terrorist strikes against civilian targets. He fueled bloody civil wars all across the region. He viciously wounded and murdered thousands of U.S. troops, including the planting of roadside bombs that maim and dismember their victims. Soleimani directed the recent attacks on U.S. personnel in Iraq that badly wounded four service members and killed one American, and he orchestrated the violent assault on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. In recent days, he was planning new attacks on American targets, but we stopped him. Soleimani's hands were drenched in both American and Iranian blood. He should have been terminated long ago. By removing Soleimani, we have sent a powerful message to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our people. As we continue to evaluate options in response to Iranian aggression, the United States will immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. These powerful sanctions will remain until Iran changes its behavior. In recent months alone, Iran has seized ships in international waters, fired an unprovoked strike on Saudi Arabia, and shot down two U.S. drones. Iran's hostilities substantially increased after the foolish Iran nuclear deal was signed in 2013. And they were given $150 billion, not to mention $1.8 billion in cash. Instead of saying thank you to the United States, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day the agreement was signed. Then Iran went on a terror spree, funded by the money from the deal, and created hell in Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, and Iraq. The missiles fired last night at us and our allies were paid for with the funds made available by the last administration. The regime also greatly tightened the reins on their own country, even recently killing 1,500 people at the many protests that are taking place all throughout Iran. The very defective JCPOA expires shortly anyway and gives Iran a clear and quick path to nuclear breakout. 
Iran must abandon its nuclear ambitions and end its support for terrorism. The time has come for the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Russia, and China to recognize this reality. They must now break away from the remnants of the Iran deal, or JCPOA. And we must all work together toward making a deal with Iran that makes the world a safer and more peaceful place. We must also make a deal that allows Iran to thrive and prosper and take advantage of its enormous untapped potential. Iran can be a great country. Peace and stability cannot prevail in the Middle East as long as Iran continues to foment violence, unrest, hatred, and war. The civilized world must send a clear and unified message to the Iranian regime. Your campaign of terror, murder, mayhem will not be tolerated any longer. It will not be allowed to go forward. Today, I am going to ask NATO to become much more involved in the Middle East process. Over the last three years, under my leadership, our economy is stronger than ever before, and America has achieved energy independence. These historic accomplishments change our strategic priorities. These are accomplishments that nobody thought were possible. And options in the Middle East became available. We are now the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world. We are independent, and we do not need Middle East oil. The American military has been completely rebuilt under my administration at a cost of $2.5 trillion. U.S. armed forces are stronger than ever before. Our missiles are big, powerful, accurate, lethal and fast. Under construction are many hypersonic missiles. The fact that we have this great military and equipment, however, does not mean we have to use it. We do not want to use it. American strength, both military and economic, is the best deterrent. Three months ago, after destroying 100 percent of ISIS and its territorial caliphate, we killed the savage leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi who was responsible for so much death, including the mass beheadings of Christians, Muslims, and all who stood in his way. He was a monster. Al-Baghdadi was trying again to rebuild the ISIS caliphate and failed. Tens of thousands of ISIS fighters have been killed or captured during my administration. ISIS is a natural enemy of Iran. The destruction of ISIS is good for Iran, and we should work together on this and other shared priorities. Finally, to the people and leaders of Iran, we want you to have a future, and a great future, one that you deserve, one of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it, I want to thank you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you. Okay, that's President Trump as he uh, uh, announced to the nation uh, in aftermath of the rocket attack uh, by Iran state uh, into Iraq. Uh, from Iran to Iraq and to our military bases there. Thankfully, there was no casualties, as the president indicated. But the president said quite a bit, and we're going to cover that uh, with some of our uh, good friends in a roundtable. With me on the phone is Mike Goldstein. He is uh, representing uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations here in the state of Ohio. Also, Pastor Al Davis. You can hear his program live with Pastor Al here on uh, uh, the same station, as well as he is a serving member of the Ohio Christian Alliance Board. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the program. Well, good afternoon, thank you Chris. Very much, Chris. Well, thank you. Good to be here with you. Well, it's good good to be on with you as well. So, Pastor Al, your thoughts about the president's remarks? Well, I think that I'm first of all very thankful that we have President Trump in office right now, rather than I hate to say the phrase President Hillary Clinton, because the uh, obviously the response. Uh, reminds me much of when President Reagan came in following President Carter in dealing with Iran uh, in 1979. Remember the uh, hostages, the 52 hostages at the Iranian embassy? And uh, the difference in the treatment of President Reagan versus the treatment of President Carter. I think we're seeing that reflected here in uh, President Trump versus President Obama and the different uh, approach, the different response, and the way the Iranians are viewing them. So I'm very thankful that he's in office and that he's taken this action. Mike, you served in the U.S. Navy uh, in intelligence and um, uh, as an officer. And, of course, uh, you know, our military personnel under President Trump, is, uh, he has shown respect for the military. Uh, he has, um, you know, refund, uh, has funded the military, rebuilt the military, as he has stated. Um, and uh, he's feeling pretty confident in, uh, you know, our armed forces right now. And uh, But, again, he's saying we do have this weaponry, we do have this arsenal, no, we don't want to use it. Uh, quite honestly, we'd like to find another way forward, even with the uh, regime of Iran. And so this is interesting. In fact, we heard also today that uh, there were messages that were sent back and forth. There is no direct embassy between um Iran and the United States in Washington. Uh, there hasn't been since 1979, since they raided our embassy there. But uh, I guess through emissaries of uh, the Swiss government and their embassies, there's been messages that have gone back and forth. Uh, what's your thoughts on all this? Well, I believe that President Trump is trying to do something that's very difficult. He's trying to reestablish deterrence against Iran. Um, this was deterrence that was thrown away by President Obama. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, a hero to us all, um, has lectured extensively on this. And uh, the example is um, Great Britain and France in Munich against Hitler in 1938, where uh, Britain and France were much stronger than Germany. And yet Hitler understood, especially after Munich, that they were not, the Allies were not willing to use their stronger military uh, against Hitler if he did anything they didn't like. So they had thrown away the deterrence uh, made available by their own strong military because they weren't going to use it. Hitler knew that. So um, Hitler pushed them to the wall. Uh, he made a mistake. Victor Hansen talks about these mistakes. Once you lose deterrence, the other side is going to think they can push you around infinitely. 
and they make a mistake. And it took a world war and 100 million people dead to establish that, oh yes, we really were stronger than, than Hitler's Germany. So you don't want to make that mistake again. And Victor Davis Hanson says that it's very dangerous when you're trying to reestablish deterrence, as President Trump is doing now. Uh, you can see that the Iranians may misinterpret what he's trying to do. Uh, when he says he doesn't want to use our military, he means that, doesn't want to. But he means that he's going to if, if he's pushed into it. Now, Iran has to be made to understand that he is willing to use our military and uh, use it disproportionately, thankfully, um, if necessary. So I think that's what he was trying to do today. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go to war. Uh, no, no military man wants to go to war. No. Um, but, um, that's, that's, but he wants the Iranians to understand that he is willing to use the armed forces if they push him. Well, you know, as I listened to the president's speech, and it really was well spoken, and uh, you know, he in and actually he didn't mince any words; he didn't waste any words. I thought what he first said, coming to the microphone, "We will not allow the the uh, nation of Iraq, uh, Iran, to acquire a nuclear weapon during my presidency." I, that's the first thing out. Then he said, "Good morning," and then he gave a speech. I think that was very important. I mean, that is the line, and he is saying to them. You're not going to do that. And, you know, and I think that's important because there's the line. So if they try to push forward with enhancing uranium, if there is they're trying to push forward in acquiring a nuclear weapon, then there's going to be a military action against Iran. That's what he's saying. And so, but if they want to open up dialogue, if they want to step down, uh, and away from their acts of terror and uh, financing terror and through their proxies and Hezbollah and uh, the, the trouble they've created in, in Syria. Uh, and right now, what's interesting also is that you didn't hear China and Russia come to the side of Iran <laughs> with the killing of Soleimani. And I thought that was interesting because the Russians right now, in fact, there was another side article talking about the rub between um, – you know, uh, in Syria with the, the, the uh, leader there uh, and uh, Russia and then Iran. And there's kind of competing interest even in Syria. So this is it gets real interesting. The, the Middle East is always a little too interesting, I think, for the rest of us in the Western <laughs> world, uh, quite honestly. And I'm, you know, and, and, and one who's had flesh and blood that have served there in Iraq, I'm kind of tired of it, you know, and all the competing interests and then the brutality and the the um, horrible uh, acts of inhumanity that are, you know, repeated over and over and over again without any, there's no civility. Civility is such a strange word, like a foreign planet. It just doesn't exist. Uh, and it does among, there are people that want it. You know, there's people that want peace in the Middle East. We just got off the phone with some wonderful people who, uh, from the Chaldean Christian community. Uh, the Chaldean Christians uh, inhabit uh, northern Iraq and have for uh, centuries. Uh, but yet they have been the victims at the hands of ISIS and then the Shia uh, uh, Muslim uh, militias. And so, you know, th there's no there's no peace for them on any hand, uh, whether it's uh, the Jewish minority in any of these countries or Yazidis or Chaldean Christians or even some Sunni, even the Kurds themselves. Uh, so they all comprise minorities within the borders of Iraq. Uh, the Shia majority 
uh, is uh, controlling Baghdad right now, and that's what the protests were leading up to all of this that transpired uh, with 1,500 protesters dead. Well, who killed them? Well, this Soleimani and his interest through his Shia uh, Muslim, Muslim uh, 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 groups are the ones who killed these uh, peaceful protesters, these kids that were out there protesting. Uh, so, you know, it's it's funny, uh, the left in this country, Pastor Al, uh, and we welcome dissent. We welcome those who, you know, the First Amendment, you know, to, uh, we may I may not agree with your opinion, but I'll defend your right to say it. But not, that that's not what these people get there. There is no freedom of speech. Your thoughts? Oh, well, you're absolutely right. And, of course, that is one of our, you know, founding principles, the, the freedom of speech that we have enshrined, of course, in our Constitution, the First Amendment. And when we look at this, the the speech that our president gave today, the and and not just that speech, but the things, the messages that you alluded to earlier, and spoken and also symbolic messages, the the uh, elephant walk at Hill Air Force Base the other day, where they marched or they they taxied out fifty two of the the new F thirty five A Lightning fighters you know, one of our most advanced fighters. It's ironic, just 52 of them went out of the 78 that they have based there. And again, symbolic, you know, looking back to we remember the 52 hostages. And with the uh, the symbolism, and then backed up with the strength, the strength shown in taking out the uh, this general, this uh, terrorist, this uh, murderer who's responsible for hundreds of Americans' lives, thousands of injured uh, uh, Iraqi and uh, American and others. And and yet, here's our president out there, and, and we show free speech in that and these people on the left are allowed to say what they want to about the president, call him a murderer, a tyrant, a warmonger, uh, saying the draft is coming back and World War III is about to start. And these people aren't being locked up. They're not being gunned down in the streets like they were in Iran. And I think that shows the strength of our culture, the strength of our freedom as Americans under a constitutional republic. And, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And so we're showing not only the strength and the symbolism, but also that free speech works. It's not just an, uh, an academic idea, but it actually works in the real world. And I think it gives hope to the Iranian people. Uh, well said, Pastor Al. And, you know, uh, Mike, as I think about this also, because this man, Soleimani, was uh, and, and basically they're crippled in their terrorist activities uh, with the taking out of this man. He kept a lot of this knowledge in his head. Well, he's gone and uh, he's no longer at the head of this thing uh, where he's um, giving directives to Hezbollah or the militia Shia groups in Iraq uh, and uh, also in Assyria. In Syria, uh, you know, he's not able to create the kind of havoc that he was uh, orchestrating for the nation state of uh, the regime of Iran. And uh, this has crippled them and their ability to do that. Uh, they, they weren't transmitting uh, into the open because our intelligence forces would have caught that. This guy was sending personal messages. And he, had, he felt, felt so um, emboldened that here he was on the Baghdad airport. You know, I mean, this guy really should have been a target for years. Why didn't the Bush administration take him out? Why didn't they take him out during the Obama administration? No, it had to be the president because things were just ramping up, and it wasn't as if 
you know, Iran has been attacking uh, and seizing oil freighters. They, they did a major attack on the Saudi oil fields. Uh, they, they then attacking the uh, and killing the American contractor and then uh, attacking the embassy. I mean, come on. These are acts of war, for Pete's sake. I mean, uh, you know, the escalation. Then 1,500 protesters being killed over the last uh, uh, eight weeks in Baghdad, you know, which is supposed to be a sovereign nation. So this is all led by an Iranian uh, regime terrorist general, uh, the Soleimani. So, you know, good riddance to this man. I mean, this man was wreaking havoc everywhere. Not to mention the rocket attacks that are in Israel that the West, again, turns a deaf ear to. If it wasn't for Facebook, if it wasn't for social media, I wouldn't know of the rocket attacks that are coming from the proxy interests that are trying to always irritate the state of Israel. Your thoughts? Well, as you know, proclaiming justice to the nations and our Founder and President Lori Cardoza Moore, our, our mission statement is to educate Christians on their biblical duty to support Israel and the Jewish people. Now, my take on Israel's position is this. For 2,000 years, from the defeat of the nation of Judah by the Roman Empire until 1948, the Jews were a people or a religion or a culture without a policy. Jews had no worldly control over their own state as individuals and as a group. They, they had no sovereignty on earth. They needed God's help. And with that help, that ended in 1948. Since 1948, no inimical outside power can decide whether Israel and Jews live or die, because Jews have a policy. They have their own sovereignty, their own defense. The point is that no Israeli government can give that up. That's why Prime Minister Netanyahu or any other Israeli leader is incapable of allowing Iran to acquire nuclear weapons, because that would once again cede the choice of whether Jews live or die to an outside power. If Iran continues to develop these weapons, Israel will stop them. You said they would. And now President Trump has stated that the United States has the same goal. I believe the two countries will probably join in this effort. I hope they coordinate it. I know they've been doing um, a lot of training together, the armed forces, especially the air forces of the, of the two countries. And um, if this is Iran's ace in the hole, nuclear weapon, and I believe Israel and the United States together will stop it dead in its tracks and killing Soleimani, who was, after all, a soldier, and not, as the leftist press is saying, um, you know, a political leader of Iran was the right thing to do, and um, makes all of us a lot safer. Absolutely. And uh, Pastor Al, as we pray for our president, we pray for our armed forces, and we pray for wisdom for his cabinet and uh, officials at the Pentagon and the National Security Advisor to advise the president on these issues and that uh, he have a clear mind and that, uh, you know, that the Lord speak to him in this manner. Of course, no one wants war, no one wants conflict. At this point, it seems as if there's a de-escalation, and we're all thankful for that uh, as we go into this year, 2020. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining me on the program today, and we're all going to be in prayer, and thank you for your analysts and uh, your uh, your expert opinion. Uh, Pastor Al, appreciate that. Uh, again, your program on uh, Fridays here, live with Pastor Al on the same network, and uh, Mike Goldstein, thank you for your work, uh, working with uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations and the Advocacy of Israel in the Christian community. Thank you for your work. Amen. 
Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And if you missed any of today's program, you can find it on our website at ohioca.org. The podcast will be there. Also, uh, look for broadcast times as uh, News and Folks come. News and Focus comes to you weekly. And we're excited about the new year. We're going to have a lot of great guests lined up for you this year. God bless you, and thank for, thanks for listening. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.